0: Here's the Smart Retirement Cast brought to you by Smart Retirement Media. Now here's your hosts, Mike and Matt.
1: Okay, listeners, guess what? We're back for more Smart Retirement Podcast. We know you missed us because you're listening. Right? <laughs> <Matt>? <laughs> yep. This is your host, Mike Points with Central Coast Lending, and I'm here with my esteemed colleague, Mr. Matt Hollander. Matt, what's going on, buddy?
2: Oh, you know, just um, the weather is starting to heat up here in Arizona, but so are the coronavirus cases. It's getting pretty crazy out here. Um, it's been interesting. been really yeah. interesting watching, you know, now we're having to start wearing masks and everything anywhere we go in public, Right. Um, you know, so we'll see. I hope that does do something, but... Um, you know, with so little research and everything that they're having a hard time saying if the masker to do something or not, but anything can help at this point.
1: California's up as well. I mean, every, everyone that's reading the news or watching the news is seeing that too. Um, we got some spikes because it's beach time, you know, and people are going to the beach. People are going out to their favorite restaurant again. It's like, it's like the prohibition has been lifted, but <laughs> the thing is it, it hasn't. What's lovely though. Uh, I was down in Santa Barbara this last weekend. Um, celebrating Father's Day with my father-in-law and, um, I made it a point to walk down state street in Santa Barbara and almost oh, yeah. all of state street is now turned into this outside dining room where all oh, the that's pretty cool. Is. Yeah. So it's cut off. You can't, don't try to call an Uber while you're on state street. That doesn't work. Um, <laughs> and, and then, or I guess you wouldn't call an Uber, you would summon the Uber. Right. Right. And then, right. And then, uh, But it's lovely. It's a cool spin on this whole thing because it is summer now, right? We're past the solstice, um, and it's now we're on the west coast. This is like the time when we're just outside all the time. So staying in place is not truly a reality. But we're we're handling it as best we can. Um, That being said, we saw. Quite a bit of economic activity right off the bat from these postings. So uh, again, investors and and fund managers are are a little bit concerned that if we see another spike, we'll see another um, you know reduction in activity. Fortunately, the builders in in our space have have done a great job. In late May, we saw reports of new permits requested and new home sales going up. Um, So they're just moving forward as best they can. And manufacturing is picking up as well. So as you listen to some of our shows from back in March, early April, we talked about the reshaping of this economy, how we're going to bounce back. We talked about many different shapes. We talked about the V shape, which is the snapback. We talked about the U, which is kind of a more of a drawn out bottom. And then we're back going up um, in production and up in the market. We talked about an l which looks like maybe that's not going to be the case and now they're introducing the w right so maybe Mm -hmm. the w is snap back wait a minute these viruses aren't going anywhere without a vaccine drop down and snap back again so it's very interesting listen investors if you don't have the stomach for this type of stuff just start planning to be safe because the next 18 to 24 months look like it's just going to be a wild roller coaster I mean, just today before we film this show on um, June 22nd, we're going to be posting it tomorrow on the 23rd. The Dow has gone up 600 points and then down below and then it's back up again. So volatility is is here to stay. And I think what's nice about all this, though, is that, you know, when a day like that happened
2: four or five years ago, it was a big deal. But now we've yeah. got, like, we're like volatility yep. numb. Yeah, we just brushed it under the rug. It's, you know, what's tomorrow going to do? <laughs> right? <laughs> so that's made it interesting for sure. People have, well, there's, there's something nice there. I mean, Matt, you'd
1: elaborate on this better than I would, but I mean, how people have a, an emotional tie
2: to their retirement account. Absolutely. And I think not only just an emotional tie, but just... Uh, I don't know necessarily the best word for it, but definitely concerned, but also like, okay, hey, I worked all my life for this, but I also want to see it grow more because I need this thing to live on, right? I don't have that pension or anything, but they also want to make sure that they're passing that asset on with some type of value to their beneficiaries, right? So I thought that's why today's show would be a good topic to talk about, the best ways to do that. And it's proper planning, right? Like we always talk about on the show is planning ahead of time, making sure you're making the right decisions during your retirement. And one of those ways is going to be by creating some type of estate plan, right? Yeah, and making sure that 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 emotional attachment they've got to these retirement accounts, whether it be before or after tax accounts, is making sure that their wishes are taken care of properly, and these assets aren't going to have to go into probate.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think you know that's why we were happy to have Mark Hall uh, as a guest on our show today. Um, Mark, we recorded with uh, beforehand. And you know one of the things about Mark and, and many estate planning attorneys is they've got so much information and detail and law and structuring to think about. That it's very difficult for them to have, you know, come on a podcast and educate you with everything you need to know about a trust, everything you need to know about, uh, you know, this this type of risk management tool and planning. So w- while we have Mark on the show today, you're going to see in the first segment he'll touch on three distinct types of trusts. He'll talk about when it's prudent to just have a will and not have a trust. And then in our second segment, after that first break with him, we'll get into, you know, the what we call when we have the guests on the good and bad and the ugly of what they do are, are the ramifications of working with them or not. Um, so we'll touch on all that, listeners. And I think it's a good show, mainly because if you're someone out there that's been thinking, gosh, I need to get, you know, I need to get that family trust in place. We bought the house a couple of years ago or I've had the second kid now and or I've I've been, I've gotten the promotion at work and it's allowed me to save quite a bit of money into my IRA. Don't wait to start these things. It's, it's your duty to your family, a fiduciary responsibility to get this stuff done too. It's not just about paying the bills today, people. It's about making sure your family gets all of that stuff you worked hard for when you pass away. And unfortunately, we just don't know what day that's going to be with this pandemic everyone's been reminded monthly that mortality is a real thing. So let's just get on the ball and plan out accordingly. Matt, what is Mark Hall going to do to help our listeners plan and do that in, in as fast as they can?
2: Well, that was teed up nicely. I feel like I'm at the 18th hole and the ball's just sitting there ready to go. <laughs> but, um, listeners, I'm really excited that Mark and I were with Mike, uh, able to come up with a excellent promotion for our listeners. Um, Most of you may or may not have gone out and looked to see what type of cost there can be uh, to create a trust or a will. And I think what a lot of you'll find is just like with anything in the legal world, it it can be very expensive to do so properly. And you want to make sure that you're dealing with somebody that has been in the field of like elder law per se, not just a regular estate planning attorney, just because they will be a little bit more familiar with the ins and outs of some of the legal issues that elders will face. So that's why I've partnered with Mark. I do seminars with him quite a bit. So what we're going to do today for our listeners is rather than you going out to a uh, your local attorney and spending $2,500 to $5,000 on getting a full estate plan and trust set up for you and your family, we've got a special offer today that we're going to offer it at, at $1,000. Mark will sit with you one-on-one here in his office in Old Town Scottsdale, or We'll do it virtually for anyone here on the, the West Coast of the United States. So Mark primarily will only deal with community property states, but for $1,000, we'll get that done for you. Uh, you'll have to take it and get it notarized if you're not uh, in the Scottsdale area, but that's definitely not a hard thing to do. We've, you can no, have someone come, your house, someone come to your house to do it, These schedule. So um, with that, Mike, let's go ahead and take our first quick break. And when we come back, uh, Mike and I are both excited to share with you uh, our interview that we did with uh, Mark Hall of Mark E. Hall PC Law Firm. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: Honestly, when was the last time you really took a hard look at your retirement plan? With the market the way it's been, it can be easy to become complacent. A new decade is upon us, which comes with a lot of questions. Can the economy and the market continue to grow? What will the next election do to my investments? Is it time to sell my house before the market adjusts to downsize and take advantage of the equity? How can I best maneuver to maximize return? The answer is simple. It never hurts to get a second opinion from a team like Century Financial Consultants. With over 40 years of financial planning experience, Get a free retirement analysis from Century Financial Consultants today to see where you stand and if you're ready for any changes we may face in the coming year. Give Century Financial Consultants a call today at 866-53-RETIRE. That's 866-53-RETIRE. Prepare for an uncertain tomorrow so you can relax and enjoy today. Get a free retirement analysis from Century Financial Consultants by calling 866-53-RETIRE. That's 866-53-RETIRE. Century Financial Consultants, California license number 0L23991 and 01756. Mike Points is a Licensed Loan Officer in California, NMLS number 1246224, and is only licensed to offer advice on mortgage products. He is not licensed as an investment advisor. All of the mortgage products Mike Points will discuss on this show are for educational purposes, and these products should be reviewed by a Licensed Loan Officer before taking these mortgages on as your own, as they may not fit your specific situation or needs. it was against the law. looked down and spit on the ground every time name gets mentioned. Papa said, oh, if I get that boy, I'm going to stick him in the house of detention. Well, I'm on
1: my way. I don't know where I'm going. I'm on my way. Okay, listeners, we're back from our first break. And as promised, we're here with Mark E. Hall. Um, Mark's a trust attorney. He does all types of law. In fact, we'll post his website and his contact information on our Facebook page after the show airs. But uh, first and foremost, Mark. Good morning. Welcome to the show.
3: Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Matthew. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thanks for coming on. Many of our listeners is, have heard us time and time again on episodes refer to, you know, structuring trust or um, how to have a will. Just planning in general is always our theme on this show. Today, I thought we would touch on just some of the estate planning basics because. After shows, you know, we're getting calls in, we're getting questions about these things. It's just not something that Matt and I dabble in, but to have a relationship with someone like you, it has been, we've been fortunate to have that. So, listeners, we'll go through a little bit of like an interview format today with Mark Hall here, but he's probably going to get flowing on a lot of topics. Just keep in mind that we will have his contact information on the website and it also will be in the show notes. So, uh, Mark, without further ado, um before we just get into the meat and potatoes just tell us a little bit about your law firm how long you've been in existence and you know what your day-to-day is typically like with clients
3: yeah i appreciate that thank you my office is in old town scottsdale cool Um, and we we love being here i've been in old town scottsdale for about 10 years i've practiced law for 20 years before practicing law i was a general contractor and in-house counsel to some developers in las vegas and and in arizona I settled in doing estate planning and trust and wills probably in 2007. And my practice since then has been here in Scottsdale. Our firm is just a small boutique firm. I have two paralegals and one attorney. Um, We specialize in estate planning. We do a lot of probate work as well. We do uh, some personal injury cases and tax lien foreclosure cases. Um, So... You know, actually, this the timing of this topic is uh, very good because of the pandemic. I'm finding sure. that I'm getting a lot of phone calls from my clients and new clients. People are worried about their estate plans. They're worried about their wills and trusts and, you know, making sure that they have things in place in case something happens to them.
1: Yeah. You, you know, you say timing. I've got I'm, I'm going to be 40 this year and it's on my mind more and more each year to get this done but also i've got good colleagues and friends i went to college with some high school buddies that um you know over the years they started in law maybe they started as a personal injury attorney or just a litigator but a lot of them have started to gravitate towards what you do either they dabble in it or they've just fully gone all in on estate planning because you mentioned timing but much like death and taxes, this stuff is always relevant, isn't
3: it? Yeah, I agree, one hundred percent. And uh, I've been fortunate enough over the years to be um, linked and work with a few financial groups like Matthews Group, and um, so we're really blessed here. And we we have hundreds of clients, and we do several hundred estate plans over the course of a year. Or so, Our got it. Very, very experienced in it. We have a lot of background in it and we have a lot of good clients uh, and people that send us work
1: well let's do this let's talk about this is the number one question i hear you know it's not so much what the difference between a will and a trust is is almost like how much why why would i need a trust i mean it seems many people say a will is sufficient you know i'm declaring what i want people to have that's that was mine after i go so just just kind of let's peel into this onion here and talk about what the difference is between a will and a trust on a very general basis. Can you tell us that?
3: Yeah, I can. And that's a great question. That's a question I get every single day. Um, typically, let's kind of talk about sizes of a state. That has a lot to do with it. Okay. If the size of an estate is less than $250,000, including the equity in the home, I typically find that we can get by with a will. Um, first of all, I want to make it very clear that you can avoid probate with a will or with a trust. It's just a matter of how you set them up. Interesting. So I Good have, to know. Yeah. So if I have a general size family, they have one home, a checking account and a brokerage account. I can just do a will for them. And um, I have the will and it's set up to go to their spouse or to their children when they pass away. I do a beneficiary deed on the house. So the house passes directly through the children. They have to record a death certificate and then they own the home. And uh, then we put beneficiary designations on all of the accounts. And by doing that, we avoid doing a probate, at least here in Arizona. And I think California is the same. We don't So have let to- me ask you, Mark, when
1: you say beneficiary, is that like right of survivorship?
3: Yeah, it's, yeah, you're right. It's having a payable on death provision on the account. Okay. And a okay. beneficiary de- deed works exactly the same way. It just states that when I pass my property goes to my children when I die.
1: And that's as simple as declaring that. The individual needs to just declare that with their county, right? Or how they how they register that property property or
3: asset. Yeah, it's an actual deed that we record at the county recorder's office.
1: Okay. Okay. So so you should so you're saying 250,000 or less is typical that you would just push them towards a will. Yeah, correct. Okay. So what's the next tier?
3: Um, Putting them into a trust and uh, there's two or three different types of trust. Okay. That I do most of the time is a trust called a disclaimer trust. Okay. It's essentially a joint trust uh, for a married couple or a single, um, and that trust is set up so that when one spouse passes away, everything stays in the trust for the benefit of the survivor. And then they manage the assets. And when they pass away, we appoint new trustees to come in. And those trustees come over and take over the trust, pay all the bills, and then make the distributions to the beneficiaries. Now, Mark,
2: okay. uh, for you know a lot of the listeners out there that might be wondering, I mean, is that going to be similar to like a revocable or a living trust?
3: Yeah, you're right, Matt. That's a... We call that a revocable family living trust, and that's a common term that people hear.
2: Okay. Yeah, just a disclaimer trust. I mean, I've heard it before, but I'm sure a lot of our listeners have not. So I just wanted to, to make sure that they were clear on kind of what we're talking about there. Um, and the thing you know, with,
3: I'm sorry. I just want to make one more point. The thing with a trust is, is that it has to be funded. That's the critical portion of having a trust, is that you have to put all of your real property into the trust, Trusts are like companies, or like a corporation. It can take title to assets like real property and bank accounts. And so we do actual deeds and deed properties into trusts, And we either put bank accounts in the name of the trust or we set up the PODs, the payable on desk to be the trust itself. So that when well, you pass away, everything funnels into the trust.
1: Hey, Mark, let's do this. Let's stick on the types of trust right now. And after this segment, I definitely want you to talk about how like funding or not funding a trust can affect the family members. So I think okay. that's a whole little segment that I want to make sure you hit on. I know for a fact that that's where you, things can go wrong, where you think you've done all the paperwork, but you haven't funded properly. So you mentioned a disclaimer trust, but you you did tease us and say that there's three in total. What are the others?
3: Um, we do a trust called an A-B trust. Okay. And um, oftentimes we do A-B trusts if somebody has a large estate and we're worried about paying estate taxes to the federal government. Okay. Fortunately, in today's world, the exemptions for paying estate taxes are 11.4 million dollars.
1: Yeah, that's a lot. So that's for a couple or an individual?
3: It's per person.
1: Wow, that seems like a lot.
3: Yeah, it is. That's something that under Obama was 5.4 million and one of Trump's things that he did Uh, One of his first moves was to up the federal exemptions for paying estate taxes.
1: Understood. Yeah, so that's in flux all the time. Listeners don't think that,
3: oh, I'll I'll be good. You know, like that could go down to a million. Correct, Mark? It can. It can go down to zero while Congress is voting in a new package as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Job security for you, my friend. Yeah. (laughs) So then what's the third one? Is that the irrevocable? The In-Granite Trust?
3: Uh, Yeah. Um, I wanted to make, can I make one quick point about an AB trust?
1: Of course. Of course.
3: We we do a lot of AB trust for blended families.
1: You know what? I was going to ask that. I'm so glad you touched on that. So tell us a bit how that works. Because I think that's so important nowadays.
3: Yeah. When people are married and they have children from prior relationships, it's a good way to protect some assets when you pass away. Um, your the trust states that when I die, my assets go into a B trust. My spouse can use that money to and they get the interest and all the income from that trust, some principal if they need it. but in the end, it goes to my children when I pass away.
1: Sure. yeah, so I'm part of a blended family., uh, my father remarried, and we're all on the same page. You know, the mother, um, his wife, and her kids um, had property well before she knew who my dad was or that he even walked the earth and they have their own separate interests in that property. Um, whereas my dad is more of the classic long time union worker and has some life insurance and pension payouts to my brother and I. So, you know, what's nice is we're all very transparent, candid about it. I think part of that's because, um, she's in the financial world and, and she's smart about, you know, just making that obvious. And, um, but, Gosh, I could see how that would get so ugly if you were just brushing it under the rug or not talking about it, you know? And, and as we know, death can happen any day. You don't plan for it. Um, in some cases you can, but many cases that's just, that could get really ugly where if a uh, family, what did you call it now? A, a blended family trust is what your jargon was. Yes. Yeah. That's a great one. And so how many trusts can one have? I mean, I know there's I mean, can you have multiple or is it just, is it not prudent to do more than one?
3: Yeah, people have multiple trusts sometimes. Sometimes we have a family trust. Sometimes um, my clients have their own individual trust, especially if they have some sole and separate property or an inheritance that came from their parents. Um, As you mentioned, an irrevocable trust. People want to take assets out of their estate. So we do irrevocable trusts. Or there, there, there's a lot of different types of trusts. Probably don't have time to get into them today. But if you wanted to protect assets, there's other types of trusts that we can do to keep from paying estate taxes as well.
1: So let's do this. Um, let's really quick take about a minute and just summarize as you, as quickly as you can, Mark, the three trusts we just talked about. We'll then go to a break, and then listeners after the break, we'll talk about the benefits of a revocable and irrevocable trust. And we'll let Mark get into the good, the bad and the ugly. So Mark, if you could just just quickly summarize these three trusts for us um, again, so that our listeners hearing them for the first
3: time can categorize them. We've got yeah, the, the disclaimer
1: first, trust you've talked about first.
3: Yeah, the, so the disclaimer trust, the good thing about a disclaimer trust is not, not only is it a joint trust and it passes assets on to your spouse, but if you, were, if you were brushing up against the federal exemptions, the disclaimer trust allows you to disclaim assets that you receive from my, your spouse when they die and put them into a B trust as well. So it can act like an A-B trust in the end if you need it to. Um, sometimes we use A-B trusts and use the B portion because that B trust becomes irrevocable and people use those trusts to um they can, okay. they can creditor trusts and people wanna uh
1: so this the second trust then is the AB trust which is essentially what you're talking about now right yeah and then the what and then just summarize again the third trust before we go to the break here cuz we're yeah. going to shoved out to take a break
3: yeah it's an irrevocable trust
1: okay and that once started cannot be changed correct okay Well, listeners, we're going to take a quick break um, to let our sponsors talk for just a second here. And when we get back, Mark's going to go into some details about the good, the bad and the ugly about what can happen in forming a trust. So stick around. We'll be right back after this break, guys, for more Smart Retirement Podcasts. Hey guys, Mike Points, co-host of Smart Retirement Podcast and a licensed loan officer. Let me ask you a question. When is the last time you sat down with your mortgage officer to discuss how your mortgage is going to affect you during retirement or how the current products and laws out there now are different from when you originally got your mortgage? Allow my team of retirement specialists and myself to put together a proposal for you that shows all of the different products and options you have right now. This is something we can implement in the next one to two months that helps you improve your current situation. If you're not able to remove your mortgage payment with your current mortgage, if you're not able to tap into the liquidity, and if you're not able to prepare better for healthcare costs, I want to show you how we can do that. So please contact me by calling 866-53-RETIRE, option two. Once again, that's 866-53-RETIRE, option two, or contact me at info at smartretirementcast.com.
0: Look forward to hearing from you soon. And MLS number 124-6224.
3: Daddy won a radio,
0: he tuned it to a country show I was rocking in the cradle to the crying of a steel guitar Mama used to sing to me, she taught me that sweet harmony Now she worries cause she never thought I'd ever really take it this far Singing in the bars and chasing that neon rainbow
3: Living that honky dream was all i ever wanted Is to pick his guitar and sing.
0: Just trying to be somebody
2: Welcome back, listeners, from that quick short break here of the Smart Retirement Podcast. Joined here today by not only my co-host, Mike Points, but also our guest, Mark Hall of Mark E. Hall PC Law Firm. Uh, Here in Scottsdale, work a lot with Mark side by side in some of the seminar workshops I do, helping my clients make sure that their estates are properly planned for. Um, You know, on this show, I talk all the time about how important it is to plan for retirement and make sure that not only during retirement your affairs are taken care of, but also after to make sure that your family receives what you intended. So you're a planaholic. (laughs) exactly Uh, exactly so you know before the uh the quick break here we were discussing the three different trusts that mark is normally working in on a a day-to-day basis so we've got your um, living trust per se we've got your ab or blended family trust and then we've got an irrevocable trust So what I'd like to do now, because I see this so much in my field, is the good, the bad, and the ugly of when it comes to trust planning or estate planning. Um, One of the things that I hear about all the time and have actually seen, uh, I worked in a law firm at the beginning of my financial planning career uh, up in the San Francisco area, and they also did family law. And one of the things that we had to do right when we got started was go and sit into a probate court and see what would happen to an individual's family when things were not planned properly. So if we could Mark, I mean, I'm sure you've seen probate situations. Could you give everyone just an idea of when it comes to probate, what type of costs that could cost their estate and what could happen through a probate, uh, hearing?
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's an important topic. Um, I like your little intro about the good, bad and the ugly, because the good is kids coming up to me and giving me a hug Because the estate plan was settled so easily and quickly when their parents died. That's cool. Um, The bad is when they put together a really nice estate plan, but they'll have one or two assets outside of the trust that we have to probate. And it takes about a week to do it. It's not a big issue. And the ugly is, is when they don't have anything in place and the children hire attorneys and we're in litigation and battling and spending thousands of dollars and months and months. To try to figure things out. So, um, the good is that costs about a thousand dollars to fifteen hundred dollars to put a a good estate plan together. Um, the bad, a probate usually runs about thirty five hundred dollars to get somebody court appointed by a judge to be to have authority um, and to get letters from the court to be able to free up assets. And the ugly is, oh boy, forty thousand dollars plus. Up to hundreds of thousands of dollars um, when we're hiring lawyers and and uh, going before the judge to figure out what do you think that the parents' intent were when they died and where they want their assets
2: to go.
1: Yeah, Mark. So, um, Matt, did you have a question?
2: I did. So, yeah, no problem. Um, you know, before the break, we discussed a little bit about uh, probate and funding a trust. So, now if your trust is funded properly, Mark. I mean, the likelihood of it needing to go to probate is probably pretty slim, right?
3: Very slim, yes, if we have it set up correctly.
2: Okay. So, I mean, let me ask you this. I mean, I see clients come into the office all the time that maybe have a trust that was written 10, 15 years ago. Would it be a good idea to have them sit down with someone like yourself and have it reviewed to make sure that it's up to date properly? I would.
3: Um, Things change over that period of time and sometimes- Oh,
1: 100%.
3: Yeah, 100%. You may want to change your trustees, and sometimes the laws change. In Arizona, adopted the Uniform Trust Code in 2009, completely changed the trust. So, Matthew, that's a very good point. It's um, always wise every
2: five to ten years to have somebody review your trust. Got it. And, um, you know, as far as the states that you can operate in, Mark, uh, I know you're here in Arizona, but you've done some work for me for some of my clients in California. Um, what other states can you can you work in just so our listeners know if they wanted to reach out to you, they could uh, bring you on for some service there?
3: Yeah, for the most part, it's the community property states, Arizona, California, Oregon, Washington. I do work in for uh, Nevada and Utah. Some on the East Coast, but problem with getting too far away, it's hard to get documents signed and
2: notarized. But sure, sure. So for anyone listening, let's let's call it maybe West Coast. Mark can uh, can help you out. And for any of the listeners on this show, Mark was nice enough to uh, to offer a review of your trust if you've got one that's uh, ten to fifteen years old and you'd like to look at getting some things updated. Uh, Mark would be happy to do that with you. Uh, Mark can do virtual meetings with you over the phone, um, video conference, whatever it may be. If you'd like to learn more about that, feel free to call into our uh, Smart Retirement podcast line at 866-53-RETIRE. Again, that's 866-53-RETIRE. Option one will get you to myself, Matt Hollander at Century Financial Consultants, and I can get you over... Uh, in touch with Mark and get you all the needed things uh, to be able to set something like that up. So, Mike, I know you had a question that you wanted to lead in with, so I will uh, turn that back to you.
1: Mark, before we let you go for the day here, um, just want to say thanks for coming on the show. Um, Sometimes we forget to to thank our guests live, but um, really appreciate your time, your insight. I know there's so much more you could say. And a guy like you, with your profession, it's probably so tough to even start a conversation in 30 minutes. But um, appreciate you doing this for us.
3: That's my privilege. Thanks for having me on. This has been a lot of fun, and I enjoy talking about this, and I enjoy um, helping families out and trying to avoid issues like probate. And
1: um, I want to take one last stab here with the last four or five minutes you have, and say, you know, with let's say someone has real estate they have cash they have uh you know retirement accounts with different custodians they've just done a good job squirreling away money and diversifying should all that go into trust or should some of it not go into trust i mean i know you can't answer one question for every person under the sun but what do you are you typically seeing that it's a benefit to not put everything in a trust
3: yeah especially with a blended family sometimes we name children to be beneficiaries of accounts um there's what about like
1: certain types of assets like would you is it would it be better to not have them in a trust like like a schwab account with only a hundred thousand dollars it's a stock account not a not an IRA you know something that's already been taxed versus not been taxed
3: yeah I would I don't have any problem putting those I have clients that have Schwab accounts and brokerage accounts and millions of dollars and we put those in the trust.
1: Okay. So there's no real there's no real tip here where you could say, hey, if you've got this in a trust, you probably shouldn't. So any type of property, any asset, all that should go in a trust and any nothing should stay out of a trust for the sake of you know, savviness.
2: Well, and and I don't I want to cut in here for just a second and kind of bring us along the conversation of the Secure Act, which we had talked about. Uh, in one of our earlier shows this year Mike but you know a lot of people you can't have an IRA owned by a trust right because it's an individual retirement account it has to be in an individual's name but a lot of my clients had their IRAs as the beneficiary of being the trust which Mark you know I know you and I have talked about this before but the tax liability now with the secure act and losing some of the benefits of when that a- asset is taken out from the IRA, now it's taxed at a at a trust tax rate rather than an individual tax rate. Is that correct, Mark?
3: Yeah, that's correct. And so um, that's the only asset typically we don't put into a trust because it is a tax deferred account like an IRA.
1: OK, OK. And that's, that's new- that is that new or has that been a practice you've done for a long time or is that derived from the new congressional law?
3: No, that's a firm policy we've had for years and years. To put an IRA or in, into a trust changes the entity and triggers the taxes. Got it. So Got even it. Even though under the Secure Tax Act, you can only keep them tax deferred for 10 years. Um, it's still better than having to pay the taxes immediately. So,
2: Absolutely. Dynamite. And, and for any of our listeners that are trying to get ahead and, uh, you know, have not taking the time to go ahead and set up an estate plan for yourselves. Uh, Mark was nice enough to offer to our listeners that uh, if we're looking to get a new trust done and you are somewhere on the West Coast here and looking to, to start something like that, start that conversation, Mark would be happy to do that for you. I know from speaking with other attorneys, these trusts can cost anywhere between twenty five hundred to all the way up to five thousand dollars up in like the San Francisco area. But Mark has graciously offered to our listeners uh, the opportunity to have a turnkey trust done for you uh, for a thousand bucks. Isn't that right, Mark?
3: That's correct. I'd love to do it.
2: That would be fantastic, and listeners, you know, if you're here in the Arizona area. More than welcome to go into mark's office sit down with him and do it but a lot of these things can be handled over the phone we're finding especially in today's environment with this pandemic that we're able to do a lot more things via phone video video conference and i think you'll be surprised to see how easily and how fluid this can be as far as an action getting this together for yourselves and really create that peace of mind Uh, for later on in retirement that your affairs are taken care of. So if that's something you're you're looking into and you'd like to start that conversation, call 866-53-RETIRE. Again, that's 866-53-RETIRE. Hit option one, talk to me, Matt Hollander, directly, and I'll get you in touch with Mark and we can get that conversation started. So Mark, thank you again for uh, coming on the show today. We are really thankful for having you, and I'm sure our listeners uh, have gotten a lot out of this.
3: I appreciate that. Thank you.
1: All right, listeners. Well, I'll tell you what, that's it for the show this 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 time. We'll be back in two weeks and we'll have more content for you as we make you smarter during
2: retirement. As Matt, will you sign us off with your token saying? <laughs> I will. <laughs> All right, listeners, let's go out and make the rest of our lives the best of our lives. Thank you for listening. The
0: opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide or construed as providing specific investment advice. Any economic forecast set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee the strategies promoted will be successful. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principle. No investment strategy or risk management technique can guarantee return or eliminate risk in all market environments. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. California license number is and NMLS number 1246224.